G'day punters and welcome to the Winning Edge Investments Melbourne Cup preview. I'm your host Lewis and joining me to preview the 2022 Melbourne Cup are two of the industry's sharpest minds. Dean Evans who runs a very successful trial spy and Dean's tip services at Winning Edge. Winning Edge Investments is Australia's most trusted and profitable horse racing and sports betting tips provider offering industry leading betting tips, advice and education enabling you to invest intelligently and generate long-term profits by trading your betting as a business. How are you, Dean? I'm very well, Lewis. How are you going? Yeah, going well, thanks. And uh, Luke Murrell, Director of Australian Bloodstock. How are you, Luke? Yeah, afternoon, guys. Good, thanks. Um, Luke, maybe just before we get going, do you want to maybe say a quick word about Australian Bloodstock um, for those listening that don't already know what you guys do? Yeah, look, um, my background, I was at one stage going to be a bookmaker and we decided to use the form angle and just buy tried horses initially and um, had a lot of luck and all they parlayed it up and I suppose we've got about 200 in work at any one time and um, yeah, had plenty of luck and just using a different angle rather than the eye, you use a bit of um, data and analysis and um, yeah, it's built to where it is today. Yeah, and you buy a lot of horses overseas. Yeah, look, um, probably it's a, a market that still hasn't – Europe's a weird place. They they don't understand sectional times. They don't understand the breakdowns and race shapes and things like that just yet. It's a, it's still very much a case of um, time form is the king over there, and it, it gives you a little edge. So, um, yeah, we've done quite well out of there and Japan and whatnot. So, yeah, it's a good place. Brilliant, brilliant. Um Let's touch on the crack uh, ahead of Tuesday. A soft seven with some rain forecast on the day. Um, are you working off a soft track, Luke? Yeah, I am. Um, Flemington and probably Newcastle are the two best drying tracks in Australia. And we saw a couple of years ago they, they copped 130 mils in about two hours, and yet they still ran really good time. And you know, firm track horses were still able to win on the day. So I think it'd have to be pretty severe or right on race time to sort of change your tact and I think the soft is the, the way to play this one. Yep. And what about you, Dan? Yeah, I'm pretty similar. You know, Flemington is just an exceptional track. Um found in the last few years that you know wet track horses can win even if the track's good. Um it's always got a bit of given it but conversely um you know horses that usually don't handle a very heavy track seem to have no issue handling a wet Flemington because it just doesn't get that deep sort of heavy bog um, that you get at places like Randwick and other tracks. So generally tends to play pretty fair and most horses generally tend to handle the track and the track's not really the excuse for them. So, um, so you know, I'm operating a sort of a, a soft seven uh, um, with most horses getting their chance. Yep. So um, we're going to go through each runner by runner and get a comment from the boys. A little bit of a so um, start with horse number one, Kiramara uh, and Mark Zara. Um, he was second in the Caulfield Cup and then pretty unlucky not to finish a lot close in the Cox Plate, I thought. Luke, you, of course, won the Melbourne Cup in 2014 with Protectionist. You win another one with Gold Trip. Look, certainly hoping so. Um, you, sort of, you look through the race and there's probably three or four genuine wait-for-age horses, so he's one of them. But negative, I suppose, he's won one race and he has to give sort of multiple group one winners weight. So... Um, Dean would know a lot more than me, but history would say it's probably against him. But um, the last couple of years, they've sort of started to wait the race 
not like a true handicapper, more like a set weights and penalties race. So that has him there somewhere about. But um, the, the one win is his main issue. He'll handle whether it's rock hard or a heavy hundred. So that won't be the thing that beats him, that's for sure. And Dean? Yeah, look, he's, he's certainly one of the, the clear class horses of the race. Um, you know, his form in, uh, in France and Europe was, was pretty exceptional. Group one genuine group one form over there and then you know he's come here and once he started to get uh um you know to his right distance range in the wet track you know he ran really well in the Caulfield cup obviously and and had no luck in the cox plate um he does have a big weight but uh you know there's a lot of talk about the weights last year and um and, you know very elegant as a mare still managed to win with 57 and Incentivised in Spanish Mission, the second and third, so it was sort of the class horses that came to the fore there. Um, you know, I've, I've got Gold Trip rated third. I think there's there's a couple that are just that are weighted quite well in the race. But apart from them, you know, he's certainly the class horse, and he's definitely, um, you know, the current market. I certainly think he's a great place bet. You know, I've seen as much as four dollars eighty a place about him, and I think he's a very good chance to to at least run a hole. Uh, horse number two is Gray. Uh, she had a terrific autumn, winning the Cup and the Tancred. Um, Hugh Bowman looking to win his first Melbourne Cup aboard her. Um, how do you rate Dean? Yeah, just um, just got a question mark of how well she's going. Um, and, you know, I think she's a horse that's definitely better on, on top of the ground. Um, you know, she was sort of pulled up lame after the George Main, which is always a, an issue then. You know, she didn't really do anything in the Turnbull. And then, you know, people are sort of talking about her Caulfield Cup run. Um, but, you know, she was sort of out the back, did nothing. And, and then, you know, she ran home well. But, um, you know, her sectionals over the last thousand metres were similar to Sound, who's a, who's a 10-year-old. Um, and so I'm just not as enamoured by that sort of run as, as some of the others are. Um, she, she, I think she'll run the trip and she'll enjoy it. Um, and if it was a dry track, maybe you'd give her a little bit more of a hope. But um, uh, on a wet track and just the way she's going, I, I can't have her personally. What about you, Luke? Yeah, she's gone from having roller skates and flying in the autumn and she's got square wheels now. She just can't go. Um, I'm a really big one for horses. When you look through history, they've all had 10,000 metres, most of the winners and the place getters especially. And, she doesn't tick that box. Um, she, on her old form, yeah, she's one of the rare weight for age races, horses in the race, but you just can't have her. She doesn't have the distance, and I'm happy to lose if she wins. What's number three? The Waterhouse spot and uh, Tim Clark. He won the big cup on a bog track in the autumn. Uh, not for me. Um, I, th- I like the gate for him. He gets to roll across, but I've actually mapped the race with plenty of speed and there'll be a lot of horses here with no weight and that mentality, I've got to push on, I've got no weight type scenario. So he, he's sort of one of them to help speed that race along and I just don't think he's got the quality for me. Dan? Yeah, I think um, you know, he's an interesting horse. He, he, he definitely gets better as he gets over ground. You know, he sort of the two times where he's excelled in his preps, you know, he sort of won the Brisbane Cup um, last year and then, you know, the Sydney Cup uh, earlier this year. But I think, um, you know, the really bog sort of heavy suits him and, and I just don't think Flemington suits him that well. He's had five starts at Flemington. He's been unplaced every time. 
they walked in front of Maternbull and he, he sort of couldn't run a place. And, um, you know, if it did end up being an absolute torrential bog heavy um, where it rains, you know, a couple of hours just before, and it sort of brings him in a little bit. But I just I don't like his Flemington record and, um, you know, he's pretty well weighted up in the up in the weights for the horse that he is. So uh, I'm looking to others. Horse number four is Potophilia, trained by David Payne and to be ridden by Jason Ouellette. Um Draws nicely in Barrier 11. Did you run out the two miles, Dean? Yeah, I think there's a big question. You know, David Payne, he's a very good trainer of stayers. Um, uh, he's had a lot of success with them, particularly in, in, in South Africa. But I've always had a question with the source, you know, even over 2,400. You know, early on, she sort of third in the VRC Oaks. Fifth in the Australian Oaks, you know, distant fourth in the Caulfield Cup. Um, you know, she has won a Metrop, which is sort of, uh, you know, just just got home over in the sort of average field. And again, she sort of ran well in the Caulfield Cup, but I'm just not so sure about the um, the sort of form of that. And and uh, you know, her, her seconds were pretty good. It was it was sort of a, the strongest finish of the race. But I I think she's a um, you know real superstar sort of. 2000 meter horse who who can run you know 2400 well um at group one level but i just got reservations with her over two miles and again she's well up in the weights so um you know she's a classy mare top quality mare um but i just don't think she's a, a winning hope over two miles what are your thoughts on her luke yeah she's really scary for me um she doesn't tick that 10,000 meter box which normally i'd be more than happy to pen but as Dean said, I think David's up to about 110 Group 1 winners and there's not many trainers in the world that can say that, you know. So he's um, very, very canny and I'm sure I remember talking to him about this time last year and he had this race planned 12 months ago. So I think everything's been aimed at it. Uh, I just don't like the platform, given if I'm right and we've got a fast run race and she's only had that limited amount of racing this prep, that just scares me to really run it out. And It scares me to say she's not a winning chance, but it won't surprise me if she, she charges late and does something for the minor money. Horse number five is Numerian, Annabelle Nisham, and he buried fine. Uh, he was fifth in the Caulfield Cup last start. What did you make of his? Yeah, um, he was a horse that we tried to buy overseas, actually. He's... Um, had really good form. He's only by Dirty Rotten Holy Emperor, and they generally don't get these out-and-out stayers. They're more mile or 2,000 horses. Uh, and I suppose you could argue his profile's a little bit like that, but the thing I like about this particular bloke is he's he's had a lot of runs uh, when we count Queensland. He would have had no time off with that. and So he's going into it a lot fitter than most of his opposition, and in previous years that's held you instead very good for the, for this race. So... Again, I don't seem classy enough to win, but uh, he'll be going in my sort of thirds and fourths for those um, first fours. And, uh, Dean, I know you were keen on his chance before he's scratching the Turnbull. Do you hope on Tuesday? I'm certainly a big fan of the horse. I can see why uh, I tried to buy him. You know, this is a horse that beat Sir Dragon A by three lengths, who came out and won a cox plate and, you know, got beat a nose by Armour, who ran second in that same cox plate. Um you know, so his European forms stellar. Uh, he also really likes wet tracks. You know, he did it on really bulky tracks over there. So there's Irish tracks as well. They get really deep. So you know, he's going to enjoy the, the wet. Um, you know, I just I just think he's a he's a really top quality 
2,000, 2,200-metre horse. Um, the Caulfield Cup, 24. I thought Tommy could have been a bit more patient, um, and I and I think he's kind of he could win a Caulfield Cup, but um, but I just don't think he's going to run the two miles, unfortunately. But uh, but he has the miles and the legs, and he has the class, so I think he's going to surprise people, you know, for a 70-to-1 horse. So I think he's going to be right there. Um, yeah, but I just just can't see him winning over two miles. Dix without a fight is the first of the internationals. Um, how do you rate his chances, Luke? Yeah, this guy, he's a real tough sort of who-shot the barman type of He will run the trip. He just, from a ratings point of view, if we line up all the Europeans, he's just a little bit off what the three-year-olds are going to bring. Um He's probably a safer bet because he's an older horse, and as you know, like three-year-olds travel on the other side of the country, it's very, very hard for them to do that. So, sorry, the other side of the world. So, um, again, not one I, I would be very surprised if he won because he doesn't really have a lot of quality. But um, the fact that he can stick on, he's got plenty of miles in his legs, and he's actually trained by a very good trainer over there. So, um, all that will help him greatly. Uh, Dean. Um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm really keen on this horse. Um, you know, I, I don't follow the international racing anywhere near as closely as, as Luke does. Um, but from sort of the profiling I've done of how overseas horses run well here, you know, I've got him clearly on top. He, he, he won twice at York in June and July over 2,800 metres, listed in Group 3 level by sort of two lengths and three and a half lengths. He was dominant sort of on pace. Uh, he was very strong on the line. Um, he was ridden quieter over 2,400 at Newmarket and listed grade on 23rd of September and finished well for second. I think that's really important because a lot of these imports that have failed in the past are the ones that sort of they have a run in, you know, June or July and then they don't have another run. I think you've, you've generally got to have a run preferably in September or late August at the worst. Um, so I just like that profile. Like Luke said, he's got a good trainer. Um, he's owned by... Uh, Sheikh El Maktoum, who, who's, you know, he knows what he's doing and bring horses over here. One form line that I thought, um, you know, did stand up is he, he ran second beaten ahead over 2,400 metres in Dubai to Hukum, and it won a Group 1 Coronation Cup, a bit of horse called Pile Driver by five lengths, and then it won the Group 1 King George and Queen Elizabeth Stakes. So that's pretty good form over there. Um, so just, just sort of in lining them up, um, you know, uh, the way he's weighted compared to, say, the three-year-old Dover Legend, you know, for me that's that's the big difference. Um, you know, Dover Legend's a really really good horse, but um, I, do, I just think he's better weighted without a fight, and, and he just sort of profiles as the type of horse that's going to come here and, and I think run really well. Uh, horse number seven is Kamora. Uh, he won the Group Two Curra Cup in Ireland two starts ago, and he is now with. Ben and JD Hayes. Uh, Dan, your thoughts on him? Um, yeah, look, that 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 Group Two one at the Curra. Um, that's a type of race that um, you know horses have then come and run really well in the Melbourne Cup here. Uh, one thing that seems to stand out in this form a bit is he seems to prefer a dry track. Um, he's he's sort of flopped a few times on wet. He also really mixes his form a lot, and he, he sort of had a really poor run last start. So Luke will know a lot more about him as a horse than I do, um, but uh, no, I just sort of look at the profile, and uh, I'm coming off such a bad run last start, I, I sort of um, will probably be betting around him. Luke? 
Uh, yeah, from I rate every race over there in Europe and of the internationals this year. He rates between about five and eight lengths behind everything else of international standard. So I, I think he'll struggle to run top ten myself, but uh, he's not for me. He just hasn't done anything. Um, the race where he ran, the sectionals were very, very common. The overall time was terrible. Um, yeah, honestly, he looks a midweeker. Um, horse number eight, Doville Legend, um, current race favourite, um, James and Karen McAvoy, looking to win his fourth Melbourne Cup, drawn perfectly in barrier nine here. How did you rate his chances, Luke? Yeah, interesting horse in that he's so short. I don't know. Look, obviously, the media loves to jump onto one in terms of uh, international each year, but they've got to be drunk. Like, this horse is a $15, $18 chance. He's a nice horse. He's progressive, but um, he rates about three lengths behind Huya Mal. Um, he beat Huya Mal at Goodwood one day. He started $14 and Huya Mal was $6. And it's worth noting in that race um, – Huya Mal had been sold in between. He actually went through a sales ring. Um, Gay and the team bought him. So he, and he only had 60 days off. So generally when they go to a sale, obviously they're standing around in their box for a week prior. Post-sale, they're standing around in their week in their box. So he would have been clearly underdone. Uh, in that particular race, you really wanted to be coming down the crown of the track that day. They settled next to each other, worse than midfield, and... The other horse just got the, the dream cut into the race where they cut back to the inside on the other bloke and um, he only just got him on the line and now you want to take $3.80 about him. I I think he's the late lay of the day easily and you make a lot of money on him. Um, he, I'm not saying he can't win, but there's nowhere near he should be that price. Would you look to lay him the place as well? I would, yeah. I, I will be actually, yeah. Yeah, yep. Dean? Yeah, the the price the price really astounds me. I just I, I just don't know how he's suddenly you know three dollars eighty three dollars sixty. He you know was a really impressive winner of the Group Two Great Baltiger Stakes at York last start. That's the race Cross Counter won. Um, uh, of course, going to ran second in, uh, before winning the Melbourne Cup. The issue for me is just simply the weights as a Northern Hemisphere three year old. You know, everyone's sort of talking about the Northern Hemisphere three year olds and you know, rekindling one with fifty one and a half. Cross Counter one was fifty one. Um, and what I find kind of surprising is, you know, on the back of that, I, I was really keen to back Little Paradiso in 2019 with, you know, 52 and a half, and it should have won the race. Um, but, you know, it was, it was $15, $17, and it should have won. Then the next year, no Tiger Moth, 52 and a half, got beat half the length, and it was sort of $8. I was keen on it again. And now now suddenly, you know, we've got one here carrying 55 kgs, and and we're supposed to take 380. Like, it just it just doesn't stack up. Um, you know, it might be fair to say that, that this one's better than those. And also that this Melbourne Cup might be weaker, but, um, you know, I just can't – I can't put all that together. Um, it's it, it just can't be a bet at that price. Um, so, so yeah, I, I have to look elsewhere from a betting perspective. But, I, you know, he's, he's, clearly a, he's clearly a strong top three chance. Uh, number nine is Dockman, Joseph Pride and Sam Clipperton. Uh, he ran around on Saturday in the Rose Hill Cup, finished put a field there. How do you rate his chances, Dan? Um, 
look, he's 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 really a, a wet tracker, um, and so he's going to get those sorts of conditions to suit. Um, you know, he did sort of run second to Jua in the Tancred, fourth in the Metrop. He's a, he's a solid sort of type. Um, you, you could pen him initially on his Sydney Cup run, but I think you know that day that he ran the Sydney Cup on a really bog heavy. Um, it, you just you had to be leading or on pace all day, and he he settled dead last, uh, or sort of you know fifteenth, and and sort of made a fair bit of ground late. Um, you know I think he's a kind of horse who's who's going to get the trip, um, going to get some conditions to suit as a better rider now than he had in the Sydney Cup, and you know he he could flip, he could fill into a top ten position, but um but he's not a horse I'm going to be backing. Luke, did any? Yeah, no, I don't like him. Um... It's pretty much what Dean said. He he got his preferred ground in the Sydney Cup and did not much. For mine, when I look at all these sectionals, he doesn't run too much past about 2,600 and um, there will just be other horses better set up. And I like the, the quick backup, but I hate the interstate travel within three days, then trying to back up as well. So I think there's a few things against there. Yep. Uh, horse number 10, Bow and Claire, the whip of the race in 2019. Looks to be finding some sort of his old form. Um, Luke, do you give him a chance? I don't. Um, the year he won, obviously, he just got an amazing ride from Craig Williams, and since then, we probably haven't really seen him in the winner's circle doing too much. He doesn't have the miles in his legs for me, and he's um, he has surprised me in his first couple of runs this prep, but I just don't think he's – he had his birthday and Christmas all at once the other – Melbourne Cup, and he won't get that here. Dan? Yeah, he's an interesting one. He's, he's been out of form for so long. He pretty much won the Melbourne Cup and third in the Turnbull and then did did nothing after that. But all of a sudden, interestingly, on his ratings, his last two runs have actually, you know, rated uh, um, above what he was doing before before and even with his Melbourne Cup win. Uh, the two of his best rating runs apart from his Turnbull third um, two years ago. So that's interesting. He... You know, he had 58 kgs in the Bart Cummings and didn't have a lot of luck and he finished well. And then he was caught wide and the Caulfield Cup didn't really have any luck. Um, look, I agree with Luke in the sense that I don't think he's a winning chance, but I think he might surprise people and, and you know, be one of those horses that can run a, a cheeky sort of fourth, fifth, sixth and actually um, outperform just because I think he's he's got the miles in his legs. He can run the trip and he he is starting to get back to um, to his best. Uh, horse number 11 is Young Verta. Um, one, just the one race from uh, Fort Arts. Uh, he was third in the Turnbull, two starts to go, and then raced in the Cox Plate last start. Um, any chance here, Dean? I, do, I just find it difficult. Um, you know, he had 330 days off, and he's had a 1,700-metre run, a 2,000-metre run, and a 2,000-metre run in the Cox Plate. Um, you know, so he, he hasn't had the miles in his legs. Um, you know, he, he seems to excel when he gets to 2,400, but he, he doesn't also seem like the type who's screaming out for, for two miles. Um, you know, Danny O'Brien can train. He's got a good rider. Um, but I just, he's just not a horse that I can back to win this race. Luke? Dean was far more kinder than I would be. None. <laughs> none. None. There we go. Uh, 12, who you mel for uh, Gay Waterhouse, Adrian Fight? Um, and Craig Williams, who's riding very well at the minute. Any chance here, Luke? Yeah, look, he's um, – I don't know. 
I'm, I like Dean's point where he mentioned before these international horses having that run as close to quarantine as possible. And um, that's probably my only negative on this horse. I would have loved to another run in between. But well, this is a – he ran second in the Epsom Derby at a, at a million to one. But as I said, he, he ran into that good horse that everyone's telling us is the next far lap in Dobell Legend. And he got beat the last stride. Didn't have the right run, um, didn't have the right platform or setup where the other horse did. And what was interesting in the run on, he was back in front of that horse. So, um, and when you look at the ride, actually, it was a case for the rider didn't really ride him out. So, I've got him clearly on top of the internationals. Um, he's only a little horse, so the the weight certainly helps in that regard. And, yeah, I, th- I think he's your, your best each way in the race. So he's, he's a winning chance for me. And uh, you, Dan? Yeah, he's probably the biggest head-scratcher for me. Um, you know, it's interesting hearing Luke so positive about him. Um, I, I just keep hearing mixed things about others who are just potting him and saying he's no good. Um, I worry a little bit that Gay, you know, she's usually really super confident about things and she's talking about how he might be a bit immature and he might be better next year. Uh, she had a similar horse, Sir Luke, and um, that, uh, ran last year and sort of came here and um, you know maybe had a similar profile and uh, and it was a bit immature and sort of ran down the track and I just um, I don't know I, I just wonder whether uh, whether he's a next year horse um, whether it's all a bit too soon but you know but respect uh, respect Luke's opinion on the horse. The only thing there on the Sir Lucan situation, they got him off Aiden O'Brien and fair income. He could sell you winks and offer it to you at a dollar and I wouldn't buy it. He, he's <laughs> a freak trainer. They mm. they leave the yard and no matter who they go to, they don't – it's so rare to see them actually do anything. They, they, they don't lose a length or two. They lose a lung and two legs. Like, they're just cast when they leave that joint. So, yeah, um, where um, – I suspect they were quite clever in the group one. It was his last run, you'll see, he finishes down the track. I suspect that was a barrier trial. And even though he only won a four-horse race, that was one of the best three-year-old ratings all season for the whole three-year-old crop. So, um, yeah, look, I know he looks a bit in and out on paper and he's not my type physically. He looks a little ant, to be honest, but his form's okay. So he'll get his chance here. 13 is Serpentine, bucks up after finishing second in the Archer Stakes at Flemington on the weekend. Has this got any chance, Dean? Uh, you wouldn't think so. I mean, he's been going awful for a long time. He he managed to pop up in the Archer, but I just got question marks about that field. I mean, most of them were just completely gone. Crystal Pegasus, who sort of doesn't handle the wet, somehow managed to finish close up. Um, and Surefire, who they didn't want to accept with so um I, I just can't have him even though you know sometimes nick williams gonna um make him surprise i don't think he's gonna do it with this one luke yep um serpentine that race seems to take too much out of every horse every time they sort of try and back up um it's been a while since something's really done anything I thought possibly they should have went harder on Saturday. Um, to me, they looked a bit like rocking horses going up and down the one spot. I didn't like the look of that form and really he's done nothing since 
glory days in Epson a long time ago. So uh, he's another pace influence, which I'm happy to see in the race, but I couldn't give him any hope, really. 14 is Dyson Sweet Jr. Uh, Philip Stokes and Daniel Moore. He won the Adelaide Cup. Any hope to Luke? None at all. Um, he's just... He's a nice listed group three horse, I suppose. Well in the Adelaide Cup, but people are going to support him because he liked the, you know, he's one at the distance. And uh, Dean? Um, no, just just doesn't have the class for us. Uh, Fifteen Grand Promenade for Mar and Eustace. Um, Harry Coffey takes a ride from Barrier 1. He was fourth in the Valley Cup. Um, any hope here, Dean? Um, you know, he's sort of around sixth in the race last year, um, but he had, uh, he had much better form going into it. Um, I think if it was dry, you know, being being a Karamar horse, I think it was dry. He could uh, he could have sort of you know run a run a fourth or a fifth, but on the wet, I'm just going to leave him out. Luke, yeah, I think if it wasn't such a weak race this year, they probably wouldn't have even accepted. He just got square wheels this year compared to last, and yeah, he's just badly out of form. Uh, number sixteen is Arapaho, um, Bjorn Baker, and Rachel King. Um, it was second in the St Ledger at Randwick last start. Um, your thoughts on him, Luke? Yeah, I hate the horse, um, but out of every horse in the field, he's got the most metres in his legs this prep, which probably not unusual for one of Bjorn's. So he's got 25,000 25, metres into his legs, and, you know, he's going to be racing some horses like Monophilia, who's got 6,000, you know. So that fitness counts for a hell of a lot. Um, he's just a tough horse. I, I don't like him at all, but I'll have to include him for third and fourth. He, he, he couldn't win if he started now, but for third and fourth, definitely uh, as a real knockout sort of horse there, it's been a, proven to be a really good formula to follow. So, um, yeah, maybe he's got one more in him. Dave? The thing that amazes me about this horse is how he got into the field so easily. I, I just yes. I don't I don't get it. He was like he he was never in doubt of making the field. He won a Grafton Cup, and he he got in ahead of all these other horses that were struggling to get in. I, I, I do not understand how he got such a big weight. Yeah. Um, I, I don't get it. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm someone to Luke. I just I just don't like the horse, and I just don't think he's going to run two miles either. Uh, number 70, 17 is emissary for Mike Maroney and Patrick uh, Maloney. Um, geez, he was an amazing win in the Geelong Cup last start. Um, your thoughts on him, Dean? He's been really impressive this prep. You know, it was really good when the, the heavily. Um, he finished home really strongly in the, the um, 2000 meter race at Caulfield. He was in flat in the Herbert Power, and then you know, if you just take his Geelong Cup win on face value, um, you know, those sectionals he ran the last 800, last 600 were were really really good. Um, uh, if it was dry, I, I couldn't sort of not have him, you know, in the mix. Um, I, I think that's just the unfortunate thing for Connections is it's going to be wet, and I just think he needs a dry track, which is a, a shame for them. Shin off for Patrick Maloney. He's got to be a negative as well. What are your thoughts on him, Luke? I agree with the jockey change. Um, I agree with Dean. Like, all the ratings nerds are going to have him right through the roof after Geelong, and 
the, the most impressive thing for me there was just his last 200. I'm going off memory here, but I'm sure he ran 11.59 or something, and they didn't loaf it in that race. So distance-wise, you can just give him a huge tick. The one thing that stops me putting him on top is he doesn't have the miles in his legs, um, and that really scares me. Against that, if again, if I'm right, it's a fast run race. That's not ideal, but at least he's drawn in where he should be able to suck up and get a, um, a few soft sections as such. And He's a scary horse for me because that last run says, here, I'm in form, I'm, I'm going to run the trip easily, and he's got a bit of quality. So um, definitely an each-way sort of play. I'd probably, in those wider ones, I could throw him in for first, in a first four. I'm more thinking second to four for that first four player. Uh, horse number 18 is Luna Flair, Graham Begg and Michael D, who's riding in terrific form. Um, he's fine, this prep. She won the Bart Cummings and um, was really good running the Mooney, Cali, Mooney Valley Cup uh, last start. Your thoughts on her, Luke? Yeah, I just think she's she sort of had to peak to get into the race at the wrong time. She's going okay. I just don't think she's got the quality of some of these horses. And, you know, if this was a... Um, Another race, uh, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy for, for Graham to win it because he seems such a lovely bloke, but I don't really have the horse as a chance myself. Dean? I, I quite like her. Um, and I sort of never ha- really have, but she's she's just she's just running so well, you know. She, sort of, she won the Mornington Classic Mooney Valley Cup last prep. Uh, was a bit unlucky in the Zipping Classic too and wasn't sort of beaten far with there. And she's sort of come out this prep, you know, like Luke said, he, he set her to win the Bart Cummings and she did that um, and, and she was strong on the line. And then you know, in the Valley Cup, they just set her out the back, wrote her really nice and quiet. Um, and, you know, she again sort of ran home really nicely. Uh, you know, she's by Fiorente, so he's won a Melbourne Cup. Um, and she just, she just seems like she's just going to keep going and going. Um, uh, you know, of all the Aussie horses... And she's down there with 51.5 kgs. Michael D's flying. He's won, he's won a derby. He's won a Caulfield Cup. Um, he's riding in good form. Um, you know, just I, I, I just have these negatives on so many of the Aussie horses and the, the form lines, sort of just the way they tie up and, you know, they're all high up in the weights. And I just see her down there at the bottom getting back and running home strong. And, you know, I, I like her. I quite like her in this race. I've sort of got a second pick and probably one of only two horses I actually want to back to win. Good little push there. Um, horse number 19 is Smokin' Roman. Kieran Maher and David Eustace um, for Jamie Carr. Um, won the Naturalism and the Temple and then um, started favourite in the Caulfield Cup. Um, Dean, your thoughts on her? Oh, on him, sorry. Um, yeah, he's just, he's just, he's not one of mine. He's sort of, you know, he was going around and Bendigo Cups and Pakenham Cups last prep. And then, you know, I just think he had his birthday sort of twice in a row when the, um, the group three at Caulfield and then the, the group one at, at um, Flemington, the Turnbull. And, you know, both times they just absolutely walked in front and he was sort of just there. And, um, and that Turnbull form was just sort of weak. You know, the only, the only horse that ran well in that race, I think, was Gold Trippers that had no luck. The rest of them were just pretty plain. Um, and, you know, potted him in the Caulfield Cup and, um, you know, he, he was he was just sort of there. And I just I just can't have him. I, I, I can't back him. I can't get into him. Um, I'm just going to leave him alone. Luke? 
Slightly different. I suppose because of his racing pattern, he puts himself into the race. He's always going to probably win a few races that he shouldn't. And as Dean said, look, he got two birthdays. Um, he won sort of beat Gold Trip, who was favoured that day by the market. But, um, you know, the horse was only second up after 12 months. But he did a good job. You know, he beat him fair and square there. And then um, in the Turnbull, again, it was just a jog trot. And it's not his fault that they went slow. Um, he sort of started in the market in both traditionally two decent lead-up races. The Caulfield Cup run was okay. I thought it was an average ride. Um, personally, I can never catch Jamie Carr. Every time I back her, she's five wide and painting the outside fence or getting held up. But that's my little worry with him. But to me, I think he's the obvious of the, the Aussie horses. He's done nothing wrong. He, I don't want to own him saying I want to want him to win. Again, he could be a minor money chance. But, um, yeah, he just might be the obvious that everyone overlooks. And you look back at, after the race and say, well, you know, all his form was consistent and solid. I agree with Dean. He's, sort of, he's come sort of out of nowhere from a, left, from a listed grade horse and all of a sudden he's a Group 1 winner, which seems a bit bizarre. But, um, you know, maybe he's that fit, happy horse and he's on, in the right camp, that's for sure. Horse number 20 is Farley Rose. Um, he's got to hit the line okay in the Caulfield Cup, but um, what do you think of her chances here, Luke? Uh, no miles in the legs, and she should have been a stud two years ago. I don't know how she, they're still pushing on with her, to be honest, but she looks – she obviously had a long time off, and she's come back, and to me, she hasn't done a thing. So uh, she's one for the sweet players, and maybe you run last with her and get a collect, but that's it. Dan? Yeah, I thought they had their fun, you know, last year running in the Melbourne Cup and she got injured um, and, you know, she had a long break and she's come back and she's done nothing. Uh, and I'm surprised they accepted with her, but I guess, you know, go around and have fun in the Melbourne Cup again, but um, but, I, but she won't be doing anything. Agreed. Uh, 21 point Nepean. Um, Lloyd Williams owned. Um, he was four, he ran 14th in the Caulfield Cup last start. Um, your thoughts on him, Dean? Uh, well, he just he's just had two really bad runs this prep, so uh, it just makes it very difficult to come into him. Um, you know, interesting, they brought Lane Lord and over to ride him. Um, and, you know, he looked promising. He'd be sort of a weak Andrew Ramson field to make the cup, um, but uh, I just I just can't can't have him. Luke, not enough miles and just not good enough. He's um, I'm surprised they brought the jockey over to be honest. Um. Horse number 22, High Emotion, another one, uh, and Eustace, um, T.O. Nugent rides. Uh, he won the Bendigo – oh, sorry, she won the Bendigo Cup uh, last Wednesday. Did you give her any chance, Luke? Yeah, I thought the Bendigo Cup was a benchmark 80 race and good honour for winning, and she won a big check. And, again, I think it's one of those years because it's so weak, they thought, well, we'll most have a go. And what a lot of people forget, you know, it's 125 grand or something if you run 12th in the race. So there's a lot of people looking – a lot of owners looking to sort of, okay, we can beat half the field, and I think they'd be thinking that with her, but as far as being in the pointy end of the money, I don't give her any chance for it. And what about you, Dean? Yeah, it just seems like a uh, you know good sort of listed group three, 2,400-metre horse. Uh, when she has pushed to 26, 28, she's failed. Um, I just don't think she's going to run on the trip, and like Luke said, she was probably in there to uh, get some of that 10th, 10th to 12th money. Horse number 23 is Interpretation. 
the blinkers go back on. Um, that's stable again. Marin Eustace, uh, Froggy knew it takes the ride. Uh, Dean, do you give him any chance? He's sort of the the most interesting runner, I think, um, in the race. Uh, you know, he had some some form. You know, Luke will be able to talk more, but I thought some of the form that he had sort of, you know, ran fourth in a St. Ledger, uh, ran fourth in the Pre-Chardonnay. You know, they're pretty big races over there. Um, and and they usually tie in well. And then he sort of came here. He's had some big reps. Um, Karen Ma, like, that stable just keeps talking about how good he is and how poorly he's been ridden. I get the impression they think he should be, you know, right up on the speed. Um, and to be fair, you know, he sort of he ran third in the Bart Cummings um, in, in what wasn't probably the right ride for him and then pulled up lame in the Geelong Cup. So I'm just not sure that we've seen the best of him yet. Uh, and for me, you know, he's sort of $61, $14 a place. Um, I think I think he is a place chance and he's the kind of horse I think, uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be throwing in my um, trifectas, uh, you know, and those sorts of things to place for sure. Luke? Yeah, the stable have really mucked this horse up. Um, he, the, he's a horse that needs to be ridden ugly, up-tempo, on speed. Now, I see the blinkers go back on for the race, and I think that's a key pointer here. I don't love how he pulled up maybe no good at a Geelong, but um, I agree with Dean. If they ride him like he's tails on fire and really aggressive, put him into the race and make him be there, He's a typical one-pace Galileo horse. Um, they've tried to ride him cute uh, so far in Australia, and but still hasn't sunk in that he just can't be ridden that way. Given that we've got a fast speed, I think he, with the blinkers on, he gets sucked along. And I agree with Dina. The the price seems wrong for the horse, and he's definitely a, a minor money chance that could um, knock everyone out in a trifecta first four. So don't... Don't not saying he's a winning chance, but um, certainly in that minor money end. And the final horse in the shoes field is Realm of Flowers, with the Freedmans and Damien Thornton. Um, she was a good run last start in the Metro. Been pretty well backed um, in the betting. Um, your thoughts on her, Luke? Yeah, um, I hate the fact that she's had almost twelve months off. Uh, she seems to run better in Sydney for mine, and. She just doesn't have the miles in the leg, so I'm really surprised she's $11. Um, in a tough, brutal race, I know she's got no weight, but I don't think that's a great setup for her. Um, a Sydney Cup, yes, but not a Melbourne Cup. Not for me. Dean? Um, everyone keeps tipping me the source. Uh, and it's interesting. I, I think people people like these horses that – haven't had many runs you know i think luke luke and i are quite similar that we like the horses that have had the miles and the legs uh, you know like the um what was that surprise baby and these sorts of things that you know people yeah. just love to back these horses that don't have the miles and legs and they think they're just going to come out of nowhere and and win it um i've always loved round the flowers as a horse i've always really liked her and backed her but you know she she's she ran second in a Sandown cup to cariff and and cariff couldn't get sighted in a melbourne cup um you know, then she was all ready to go in the Sydney Cup last year. And, you know, she was fifth beaten 3.4 lengths. Um, so, you know, she seems to really excel at 24, 2500 metres and looks really good and always looks good in her prep. And her Metropolitan run was huge. So I can see why people liked her. You know, she was wide, no cover. 
um, and nearly won. And, and, and some of those Metrop four mines have obviously tied up all right with, uh, you know, Durst and that sort of thing. But um, uh, I just, you know, I, I don't like when she's had 300 days off and then she's had, you know, three runs as prep. Um, and uh, and I just I just don't know why she's $10, you know, like, which is $30. I'd be saying, well, you've got to throw in. That's great, great odds and she can run a big race. But $10 is just poison. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to bet around her. All right. Maybe a few final thoughts on um, and how you look at the race for betting um, point of view. Maybe we'll start with you, Luke. Yeah, um, I agree with Dean. Look, the, you've got the favourite there, that $3.80, that's missing a digit, and then you've got sort of Realm of Flowers taking up such a big market. So if we're right and both of them don't feature, they're going to hold portions of a lot of money in different markets and for me the best way to play it especially for the smaller punter you know your 20 50 100 200 dollar punter just try and jag the trifecta or the first four because you're always going to get a collect like a, a decent collect and you can win some decent money that maybe helps your life along rather than you know i, I think if you're just trying to back a four dollar winner or something get Dean stuff and, you know, he'll find you a lot better $4 winner than the favourite in this year's Melbourne Cup, that's for sure. So um, I'm I'm a big advocate for it with these massive pools and the dumb money in the pools, trying to get those trifectas and first fours. And if you're confident, try and get them a couple of times, you know, because they, they certainly pay a good price. And for me, though, yeah, that's uh, the main betting strategy for, for the Melbourne Cup. Just out of interest, how many horses would you be looking to put in a first four? For the punters at home well for, for me obviously you can go the the box option or you go the standout option i'm rather be a bit greedy and try and get a bit better percentage so i'll stand three or four out and then have six or seven for second and then eight for third and then go a bit wider for fourth just something like that you know um i think that gives you a, a great chance to really get a a really good amount of money um we saw it on Derby Day, you know, there was a couple of eighty-one. There's an eighty-one thousand dollar one. There was a, I got one that was thirty-eight thousand. There's, there's some really good pools there, and um, I think that's the way you should play it for small money. Who are the Who are the three or four you think can win, Luke? Yeah, for me, um, who Mal from a from a European point of view, he's got to be the the pick of them for me. Um, I just worry about a horse like Gold Trip. I, I know. When he gets in front, he switches off. So he's one of those horses that really needs to find a bum and get out late. And the Melbourne Cup's not really like that. Um, yes, he's a classy horse and whatnot, but I've sort of got Huya Mal for first and Gold Trip for sort of second. And then I'm sort of, yeah, scared of these horses like Interpretation and Arapahoe and Emissary for the, that minor money sort of situation. So... Um, more than happy to leave out Davil Legend and Realm of Flowers from the Exotics. And if they miss, um, there'll be some really juicy pools there. Brilliant. And your final thoughts, Dean? Yeah, usually most years I sort of think we can narrow it down to five or six and, and, and you know, usually find the winner. I, there's really only two horses, just at the, the way the markets are, because of the way the market's shaped up, that I could actually want to back to win. And that's without a fight at around $11 and Luna Flare at around $19. They just seem really good value when lining up the rest of the field. You know, um, I think, uh, you know, I think Gold Trip, um, 
you know, if he just had sort of 55 and a half, rather than 57 and a half, would be a, a lot keener. Um, but I do think, you know, I can see 480 at the moment with top sword. I think he's a great place bet. I think he's just, there's always those really classy, the classy horses, and they often seem to run second or third um, and just one of the lightweights knocks them off. But, um, you know, 480 is a great place bet for gold trip. Um, and I thought interpretation that sort of, was, I can see 14 $15 even a place. Um, you know, like Luke said, I think he just hasn't been ridden great. And, um, um, and and Craig knew it with the lightweight. He rode quite well on David Day, Craig knew it. He's, he always gets knocked off by one of the better riders, but he, he, he ran a couple of good seconds and thirds. And I have a feeling he could do it on this horse as well. So I'm sort of I'm, I'm backing without a fight and Luna Flair to win. And, 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 and I might even look at, you know, gold trip and interpretation of place. Um, and that's probably the way I'll play it because I'm going to I'm going to bet around Doval Legend and, and Realm of Flowers just like uh, just like Luke. All right. Well, that's been uh, pretty comprehensive. Um, Dean and Luke, thanks again for your time and all the very best with Gold Trip on Tuesday, Luke. Yeah, I'll leave you with two before I go. There's a okay. horse post straight after the Melbourne Cup. If we miss out on the first four, you can have something on a horse called Nugget. Um, I expect to see him possibly winning a Doncaster or something in the autumn. And as long as the track's not wet, um, you'll see a really good horse there. And I thought one up in the big dance in Sydney, uh, I know the horse has been set for it all along, is a horse called Rustic Steel at about 11 or $12. Um, I think if you're doing no good in Melbourne, you have a look at that horse too. So that's, uh, that's going to be my day anyway. Brilliant. Thanks, Luke. And uh, anything, final thoughts from you, Dean? Um, I haven't had a close look at, at, at much else just yet. The the one horse I was really hoping it would stay dry for is the race before the Melbourne Cup. Uh, it was a horse called Regal Lion. It was just super impressive winning at, at Sandown over 1700 second up. Uh, he ran second in the Tullock as a three-year-old and third in the New Zealand Derby. Um, he ran over 2,400 in the Herbert Power. They had a crack at the Caulfield Cup. Um, just didn't have the right setup for that. Back to 1,800, I think it suits perfectly. Um, you know, just as long as it's not too too wet um you know i think he's a really nice bet he's about 14 dollars at the moment so he's one i'm really keen to to back uh if the rain doesn't come too hard by that point all right brilliant well thanks again boys and uh good luck to everyone at home um let me bet on tuesday cheers thanks lewis cheers luke hope everyone gets it well done thank you